you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izinite gregi. Macedonia is one of 24 teams competing for the next month in the European Championships, Euro 2020, this summer. Greece is not because, well, they just weren't good enough. And yet the Greek sports minister, Lefteris Agnakis, sent a letter of complaint to the president of the Union of European Football Associations complaining about, wait for it, the Macedonian jerseys that the team is wearing for the games. The minister complained that the badge on the jersey that of the Football Federation of Macedonia, which happens to simply be the abbreviation of the federation and is in Cyrillic, well, he complained that it should be NM or RNM, which is ridiculous. For his part, Macedonian Foreign Minister Buyar Osmani correctly retorted that no, the federation doesn't have to change a damn thing, though he put it more diplomatically. The Macedonian content farmers give credit where it is due, and we credit the foreign minister unlike his boss, Prime Minister Zoranzaev, for doing and saying the right thing. Speaking of Zoranzaev, this past week he criticized Vumro Dopamane, calling them an anti-Western party. This from the leader of the Social Democrat Union of Macedonia, whose name before 1991 was the League of Communists of Macedonia, a party that calls each other, quote, comrade, unquote, at their party congress. We'll discuss all of this and more in this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast, I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svitan Sulemanov in Skopje in the football superpower of Macedonia. <laughs> good on you, mate. Good on Macedonia. Good on the, the Macedonian team. Uh, the boys played uh, against Austria yesterday. We're recording this on uh, Monday. When is today? Monday the 14th uh, of June. Yeah, Monday the 14th of June. Episode 116 of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. So, Macedonia played Austria yesterday in Bucharest and uh, gave a good fight, but ultimately they lost 3-1. Uh, to one. Um, Goran Pandev, of course, scored the one and only goal for Macedonia. Uh, but they play again this coming Thursday against Ukraine, I believe? Uh, yeah, Ukraine and okay. then uh, the big one against uh, the Netherlands. Okay, why don't you, since you, you know... Soccer, as we yeah. call it over here, football, <laughs> that was the only organized sport I played in my junior high and mm -hmm. high school years. I never played football, basketball, baseball, etc. I played, I played soccer. I played football. Uh, so I know how to play the game, etc. But I'm utterly lost when it comes to these championships and the, the way it all works over, over in, especially in Europe and with this. So why don't you take our listeners through what this loss means, and then who we play next and how that works out. Yeah, well, uh, we qualified after beating uh, Kosovo and uh, Georgia in this uh, runoff. Like, uh, we didn't qualify outright from the qualification group, but then we were like the best of the, of the rest. And this was like historic, really a historic victory for Macedonia to, to qualify for a European championship for the first time in its it's history. We've never mm. done it. Actually, you know, the team has been known as pretty mediocre 
or worse <laughs> throughout its uh, its history. This is really like the first time that uh, the stars aligned. We have a outgoing but still great, still very experienced striker in Goran Pandev. We have some great mm -hmm. uh, wingers, midfielders like uh, Alioski, like uh, Bardi and Ilmas. Solid defense, which is also which was also a problem, and uh, we didn't know this. I mean, I didn't know this. I don't really follow football for a while now, but we have an excellent goalkeeper, which so don't let the free one result fool you. He really helped the team yesterday, Stola Dimitrievsky. Mm -hmm. So it's a excellent team, excellent coach, uh, and uh, very good atmosphere around the whole thing. Uh, we don't have a very difficult group in the championship, so it's uh, uh, Austria, Ukraine, and the Netherlands. But uh, uh, so Austria was, I guess, supposed to be the weakest of the other teams. Uh, they were physically superior. They outran us. Uh, uh, you know, it's an old problem with us not being able to uh, sustain the whole ninety minutes with the same even speed, uh, you know, tempo of playing. So. Mm -hmm. uh, they were more physically prepared. Uh, I watched then uh, Ukraine and the Netherlands, who played afterwards, uh, who are our next competitors. They, they are really in, in form. They are really good. It was a 3-2 win for the Netherlands, but both teams were great. So mm. it won't get easier in the next two games. But it's great fun. You know, thousands of people went. The first two games are played in Romania. So it's relatively close. Uh, they were relatively relaxed with the, the corona uh, rules for travel. So bunches of people are in Bucharest now, partying, singing, uh, you know, <laughs> great mood at the stadium. And then the last game is played on the 21st uh, in Amsterdam, I think, in the Netherlands. And again, I'm sure there will be a lot of Macedonians traveling or just people who live around, you know, the lowlands just... Uh, driving into Amsterdam to to attend so it's very good excellent development yeah no and, and I you know I was looking at uh, social media yesterday the Twitters and everything else noticing the um, posts from uh, all over the world where Macedonians are uh, you know gathering and, and uh, to, to celebrate flags all over the place yeah um, what's the the bar on the uh, the restaurant bar on the K there uh, Plaza de Toros yeah uh, I think it's still there like last time I was there, uh, it's, it's the whole it's, line has been demolished, yeah. and it's now being rebuilt. Uh, okay. Yeah. So well, Plaza uh, de Toros, I think, is part Dutch-owned. So because every time Macedonia and, and the Netherlands play in whatever sport, uh, there's always a lot of uh, uh, Dutchmen there uh, and Dutch women, uh, <laughs> and, uh, or Macedonians. Uh, so actually, next time, yeah, next time I'm back there, I got to go there, uh, depending on what that looks like. Mm. But anyway, okay, it so be that's rebuilt by then. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, so that's uh, that's what it looks like for the next couple of games, um, and we'll just kind of uh, follow that now. But going back to where we started with the monologue here, you know, the Greeks, oh, mm. those poor sods, oh, poor buggers, uh, they just can't help themselves in complaining about this, that, and the other. And so the Greek sports minister, as I mentioned, um, I think a few others actually also complained about the badge. So it's 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 the kit, the jersey, of the Macedonian team, and and the badges of the 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 football federation of Macedonia, and it's the abbreviation FFM, but in Cyrillic, and that's what they were complaining about. Uh, it's just 
I don't know. They're this, this such sorry group of people. Uh, but then Buyarismani, uh, the foreign minister, correctly pointed out that no, they, they don't receive any public funds under the quote-unquote Prespa agreement. Uh, so they can do whatever the hell they want. Uh, which, uh, you know, again, good for him saying that. Um, there is no NM or RNM except on license plates, according to the so-called Prespa agreement. The and, and and as the abbreviation for the country, it's MKD. Again, according to the Prespa Agreement, this wasn't even that, though. This was the, the abbreviation for the Football Federation of Macedonia. So, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, the Federation is led by an Albanian mm -hmm. uh, who is currently in a huge fight with uh, Zaev. Zaev wants to remove him uh, to take over the Federation with a loyalist and, you know, all the money which is slushing around and, and the chairman, the president... Uh, Seydini is, uh, you know, he was able to get to count on some support from UEFA to, uh, you know, which demands that politics does not get involved in the organization of the federation. And I suppose that he has allies in Mace with Macedonians who, you know, care about the name and uh, he refused to change the name of the federation. And he's also close to Dewey. So this is why I suppose Osman is defending him. We discussed this before. How the Albanian, how an Albanian team won the uh, Macedonian uh, championship uh, this year, and Vardar was relegated, the, the main Macedonian team. So uh, it's an interesting collision of uh, interests. Uh, obviously, Greece is going to demand that uh, all federation, you know, all public institutions in Macedonia are named uh, North Macedonia, and this is a pretty significant one, a big one. And they mm -hmm. refused. They, we don't have Macedonia on the shirts. There wasn't even going to be the sun symbol. There was going to be just like an outline of a lynx, which is one of the symbols for the team. But then people revolted uh, against the proposed new shirts. They wanted right. some symbol. And um, practically we went back to the old shirts with the old color, uh, the, the old red style color and uh, the sun symbol. So we got back some of our you know, some of the symbolism for the shirts. And in both versions, we're going to have the FFM, the Football Federation of Macedonia, not North Macedonia. And the Greeks who, as you mentioned, didn't qualify, <laughs> are obviously <laughs> angry about this. So this is the big first controversy of uh, the game. And then we were actually doing pretty well at avoiding any political, ethnic arguments over the team. Um, we beat Kosovo, which was a big you know, mm. inter-ethnic issue and it all went smoothly. We have a mixed team uh, of uh, Macedonians, Albanians, Turks, uh, etc. And uh, yesterday was uh, practically the game, in, in the end of the game, at the end of the game, there was a, a major development, which is now everybody's now processing it. We had a situation where um, <clears throat> uh, Austria had a lot of uh, Serbian players. Uh, they were like a Balkan team practically, and one of them, Arnautovic, uh, who scored the last goal for them, got into a fight uh, with uh, Izgjan Alioski, a Macedonian winger, who is ethnic Albanian from near Prilep. Mm -hmm. And um, this Arnautovic guy started shouting at uh, Alioski. He made the OK symbol, which in Serbia, a version of it means, like the, the Serbs use it with the free finger salute for... Right. Uh, like the, they, they say it symbolizes Christianity, and it was used during the war against Muslims. So, but he did a version of it, so it's not the 
racist uh, version which is now being promoted in the US, but it is a Serbian nationalist symbol. And apparently he shouted at Izgian, uh, you know, a slur word for Albanians. Mm. And then, you know, the funny thing is that uh, Arnudovic himself is, Arnaut means Albanian, so it's very likely that this Serbian guy has some Albanian behind the woodshed in his past. Mm, yeah. <laughs> then every, everybody on our side was like, wait, Izgian is Albanian because he has Alioski, which is a, a Macedonian last name. <laughs> so we have a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, ethnic religious issues <laughs> which we successfully ignored so far <laughs> coming to the front oh. <laughs> all at once after the game. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and, and I noticed there's, well, I'm look, first of all, I'm looking at a picture of him with flashing the sign, which, of course, now is, uh, according to some people, some uh, lost souls here in America, it's the uh, it's a white power sign. Um, mm. it, it, a modified version of that, of course, is uh, the Macedonian sun. Um, if you take the index yeah. finger and the thumb and you don't put them completely together so it looks like a C, mm. that's actually wildcat for the Arizona, uh-huh. University of Arizona Wildcats, that's what we use here. Oh no, don't don't teams. don't use that anymore. No, no. <laughs> well, no, that's that's what we use. So uh, <laughs> you do, you know. So yeah. So um, anyway, it's and then of course I noticed a couple of teams. I think were some were kneeling and some were not kneeling because of the whole Black Lives Matter thing, which apparently has invaded Europe now. Oh yeah, that. Uh, uh, so yeah, politics and sports, obviously. Um, as long as uh, the woke religion continues to grow, and it is a religion, uh, polit- uh, it will it will continue to invade politics. Although I guess you know the uh, NBA, you know, after last year especially, um, you know, they started mucking around and, for instance, conf- you know, refusing to condemn China for its human rights abuses and the Uyghurs and the raping of women and the concentration camps, etc. Uh, and yet they, you know, talk about how everybody, every white person here is racist in America, and they started losing revenue because of that, and they've kind of backed off that. So there might be there might be some hope that we can get the politics back out of the sports. It's not supposed to be in there so that the ESPN, the Entertainment, Sports, and Political Network, can just go back to being a, you know, sports network instead of politics as well. Uh, I very much yeah. doubt it. I'm just actually just now <laughs> reading... Just have, get, getting word that Arnutovic apologized. I think it's an Instagram post. He oh. said, like, uh, uh, I apologize to my friends in North Macedonia and Albania, even though he was not playing Albania, but again, practically acknowledging that he used the slur against Albanians. Mm. Uh, with all caps, he says, I want to say clearly, I'm not a racist. Well, good luck <laughs> with that. <laughs> exactly what a, what a racist would say. <laughs> right. And uh, he says, Izvinate in Macedonian and Mufalni in Albanian. Apologies mm. in both languages. Wow, there you go. Breaking news on this uh, <clears throat> Macedonian Content Farmers podcast, even though this yeah. will be <laughs> broadcast tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, good. Well, that's uh, that's football. But I think that the takeaway story here, frankly, is that this is just so good for Macedonian Macedonians around the world, and especially those in the Republic of Macedonia, to have their team, you know, the first time ever to be in, in the championships. Uh, Win or lose, win, lose or draw, as they say. Uh, mm. It's 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 good for it's good for morale. It's 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 good for Macedonia. Um, I won't I won't say it here, but we'll preview our our uh, farmers pick uh, that has to do with this as well. So, mm. um, all right, where should we move on to next? 
uh, well, I mentioned I, I I did have to call out just because I get I I, I, I get it, it gives me great joy to remind people that the citizen Zoran's Lives Party before 1991 was the League of Communists of Macedonia, and they call each other comrades uh, at uh, their party congress. So uh, for them, calling Vomorodopamene a anti-Western party is is the height of hypocrisy. And, of course, it's wrong. So Vomorodopamene uh, was the first party that actually called for Macedonia's membership in NATO and the EU before Citizen did way back in the early 90s. Um, how about, you want to talk about the Biden EO? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're heading for. Yeah. We've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah, so, yeah, and this is the column that I, I just wrote, and I've still got to get it up there. So, Joe Biden, who is uh, ostensibly the president of the United States, um, issued an executive order. Correct. What's that? No, nothing, I just, just coughed. <laughs> <laughs> um... Now, he issued the executive order, but obviously it's the State Department that does all this stuff. Uh, and this is an executive order that, that has been around for a while, and he just built on it. Um, the executive order is, is, has the somewhat Maoist title on blocking property and suspending entry into the United States of certain persons contributing to the destabilizing situation in the Western Balkans. <gasps> Take a breath. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, it started, this executive order builds on one that began in June of 2001, so we're at 20 years now. Now it adds, uh, it's got the Oak Ridge Framework Agreement in there, it's got the Dayton Accords, it's got the, uh, the London-December 1995 conference, which I've even forgot about, it's got the uh, ICTY. Uh, it's the, con the Dayton Accords or the conclusions of the Conclusions of the Peace Implementation Conference Council held in London in December 1995. <gasps> Excuse me. I don't know what that is. No idea. Anyway, and then it, then it added, yeah, then it added the, the, the so-called PRESPA agreement. And mm -hmm. basically what it does, what this executive order does, is that the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Treasury have to get together and jointly agree that certain persons in what was uh, the former Yugoslavia and Albania um, the Western Balkans, as they call it, they have to agree that certain purses are, are being very naughty boys uh, or girls and uh, hmm. trying to disrupt the peace, uh, etc. Um, and if, if they're so designated as such by the secretaries, then these individuals so named, if they have property in the United States of America... That will be seized, and of course, they will no longer be able to travel to the United States. So, if you happen to be named by the secretaries of the, of state and treasury, and you have and you don't have property in the United States, and you don't intend to travel to the United States, you're fine. Yeah. Now, it's a PR black mark, of course, uh, but um, that's essentially what it does. Now, my issue. Uh, and I think the issue that a lot of Macedonians have is that it added the Prespa agreement. Yep. So, and and just just to read this real quick here, what what it what the secretaries have to um, what it, people named by the secretaries have to be responsible for in their eyes. Uh, 
responsible for or complicit in or to have directly or indirectly engaged in actions or policies that threaten the mm. peace, security, stability, or territorial integrity of any state or area of the Western Balkans, essentially. Uh, so, now, how do you define threatening peace, security, and stability? Well, that's very subjective. There is no, you know, un unless you are raising an army and going to war, you know, uh, yeah. in, in, in the Balkans, it's what constitutes threatening the peace? Uh, now, by now, even ugly tweets are considered ugly tweets. Exactly, yeah. as uh, as part of the woke religion. Um, so, my example, of course, is when Vomero becomes the government again in Macedonia, and they will. Mm. That's just the way it works. It's like here we have the Republicans sometimes, and sometimes the Democrats. Right now, the Democrats, but the Republicans will come back. Well, when Vumero comes back into but, power... But you don't have an American embassy in Washington, so that's... The big that's difference. true. <laughs> that's true. So, but when, when Vumero comes back into power, and they're not going to be using the N-word, and they're going to try and figure out how to legally dismantle PRESPA, and there are ways to do that, I believe, if you put the finest legal minds together. Now, assuming they go down that path, um, it, it, does that threaten the peace, security, and stability and territorial integrity of any state or area of the Western mm. Balkans? Well, Zoran Zayev, of course, is certainly going to say yes. Ali Ahmeti, if he's still alive, is still going, it's going to say yes. Uh, will the secretaries interpret it that way? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it certainly is a tool designed by the, uh, the uh, State Department that, that they've obviously added to this. Uh... Anyway, I know that the reaction from uh, from the Macedonian the Macedonians was was swift and vocal, shall we say? Um, the other issue, of course, it, the other issue. Sorry, one more thing in this. Uh, the other issue is that it talks about corruption quite a bit, and for Zoran Zayev to run around waving this executive order, saying "see, see, see," it validates our regime. Uh, he 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 did forget that the the issue of corruption in here, of which he and his family and associates are kings. Well, you know, you can imagine uh, the reaction was uh, the, uh, was predictable. Uh, Zoran Zayev immediately jumped on this executive order and on, and on the mentioning the adding of Prispa into the order to say that, look, now you have it uh, in black and white. The, the U.S. supports me. I'm the rightful prime minister here. Vimera have nothing to, uh, you know, they will not be allowed to take power, or if they do, they will not be allowed to continue to ignore or re resist the Prespa Treaty. I mean, he didn't say this literally in so many words, but it's the context of his comments, the context of the comments from um, uh, Lyubcho Nikolovsky, his fastly growing, uh, you know, in prestige, second in command, uh, uh, were very clear and obvious. Uh, the U.S. ambassador immediately held a meeting uh, with Zayef after the, the uh, this order was made and uh, practically also with this confirmed that uh, what we were discussing here in the podcast for a while, that the U.S. administration will support uh, Zayef. Uh, they brought him in power after all. It was uh, the colored revolution and all the political pressure put on Vimera were obviously you know, supported and sponsored by the U.S., uh, especially this political wing, which is now in, in charge in the U.S. Um, Mitskovsky responded saying, listen, there is a lot of talk about corruption in this executive order, and uh, uh, Zaev is culpable for you know, a huge chunk of the 
corruption and crime in the country, uh, drug running and uh, all the <laughs> weekly scandals which we uh, categorize here. Um, and uh, but you know, it's very clear that with the inclusion of PRISPA, that crime and corruption on the part of ZAF will be ignored, even will be beneficial to the overall political goals of the U.S. in the region if he gives some of this money to, I don't know, destabilize Vucic or Erdogan, which he's doing, or uh, we actually have a situation now developing that, uh, uh, remember when we discussed all these passports which Macedonia was giving oh, yeah. to mobsters in the region? Well, one of them said that Picker, the most famous of all, is a Turkish guy who was close to Erdogan, but he's now his opponent. And he's now doing like a Turkish telenovela thing where he's hiding in Dubai and making these long YouTube uh, comments on how this minister of the government is corrupt in Turkey or, uh, you know, Erdogan's son or son-in-law or whatever is doing this or raping, killing, drug running, which is, you know, who knows how uh, it's not verifiable, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was operating out of Macedonia until... Uh, practically a few months ago. Mm. Obviously under Zayev's protection, but more importantly under the U.S. Embassy's protection because, because the U.S. is clearly working to undermine the uh, Erdogan uh, government in Turkey. So, you know, this is what Zayev does. He is practically a tool of this uh, regime change apparatus in the U.S. and um, he will be protected in, in office. Uh, so long as he continues to do this, definitely he will be supporting protests against uh, uh, Orban. Uh, he's already in a, in a PR fight with uh, Janša in Slovenia. So all the you know, enemies of the left-wing administration in the US, Zaev is doing what he can to help the US in undermining them. Mm -hmm. uh, Mitskovsky said, listen, we have uh, full respect for the strategic interests of the United States in the region, but also we cannot stop protecting Macedonian national interests uh, as well. Absolutely. And he, he made like, a, uh, he had a speech at the anniversary of the founding of the UMASA, which is the youth wing of Vimera, uh, and in Bitola at the old theater in Heraklea, which by itself is a violation of the press treaty to just, you know, get, gathering at the site of an Archaeolo at an archaeological <laughs> site is a violation. And he made an announcement that in two days, so today is like, uh, you're listening to this on the 15th, so uh, on the 16th, there's going to be like a major announcement from Vimera. He mm. did not say what it is. Hopefully, you know, we're not going green like <laughs> like these. <laughs> whether it's a coalition, whether it's uh, some structural change in the party, we still don't know. Uh, I'm not, uh, I have some ideas, but not really uh, feeling comfortable to guess. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Something is up. But other than that, I mean, but overall we have, a, I guess it's a honest way of approach, a, a more honest approach from the US instead of bothering us to no end with democracy and freedom and blah, blah, um, platitudes like that. Just to say we support this son of a bitch, he's our son of a bitch in this country and, uh, <laughs> you know, because of reasons and issues and uh, deal with it. Uh, there, there's a friend of mine just dug up a 
the comment Biden made in 2018 before the referendum. Uh-huh. And Biden in this says, it is up to the Macedonians alone to decide if they want to accept the Presbyterian Treaty and vote for the name change. He's obviously, he obviously means it's not up to Russia, it's up to the Macedonians. But the <laughs> obviously Macedonians did not accept the Presbyterian Treaty, did not vote in favor of it. There was no turnout to uh, validate the proposal. And now Biden threatens people with uh, blacklisting them if uh, if they do not respect the Presbyterian Treaty. Not a soul was using North Macedonia in Bucharest yesterday. There was mm-hmm. one person from SDSM was filmed having a flag, uh, a, a scarf which said North Macedonia and he's hounded off social media now <laughs> one one person from sdsm there was a, a pilot who was taking passengers i think on a visa flight from uh, you know the hungarian uh, airline which is the oh. big deal here in macedonia and he put the star of kutlash on the on the practically on the windshield of the plane uh-huh. uh, and one sdsm person in english she wrote on twitter to the to visa do you know which is the flag of the uh, she wrote r dot of North Macedonia. She didn't abbreviate North, she abbreviated Republic. <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, this is not the official flag. We have a different flag. This is the flag. Your pilot should use this. And like 300 death threats and whatever. Uh, later, she deleted the tweet. Even even SDSM people told her, like, what are you doing? Just cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> so the Twitter mob Vizier, came after. Yeah. But Vizier is now in violation of US. Uh, what is it now? Executive order of sanctions. <laughs> Thousands of Macedonian fans in Bucharest. Everybody who was watching the, the game. People are now deliberately using the star of Kutlash after this reaction. So I don't know. I don't know what the, it it, it the quickly Americans moves. Yeah, it quickly moves to the absurd. That's that's. Uh, you have another. Yeah, last week you had a good rant. You have a good rant yeah. here. Yeah. So you know, my whole point, just kind of going back to this whole name change thing you know changing the name of a country i think we can all agree whether we're on the left or the right whether we support um uh you know whether we're big fans of the state department or or we can't stand the state department i'm in that camp uh Mm. i think we can all agree that changing the name of country is a big deal you know as joe biden said you know when he was vice president for barack obama about the health care plan this is a big fucking deal uh Mm. so it's a big deal. And if you're going to change the name of a country, you probably want broad consensus. Um, but obviously, the United States and the Western European capitals, NATO, etc., said most of the Western European capitals. We have friends in Hungary and Slovenia, etc., Poland, uh, said, yeah, sure, it's you, you guys, you Macedonians make your own decisions. Uh, however, and they didn't say it, you know, underlying, uh, you know, Without without saying if if you make the wrong decision, you know it's it's was it Snowball in um, Animal Farm or Napoleon? I can't remember which pig it was. Um, uh, of course, you know Comrade Napoleon. Maybe it was Napoleon. Of course, Comrade Napoleon would love for you to be able to make your own decisions. <laughs> but what if you make the wrong decision? Then where would we be? And that's the message that the State Department, that NATO, the most of the Western European capitals are sending and sent to Macedonia in September of 2018. 
Of course we want you to make your own decisions about your future and your name. But what if you make the wrong decision? Then where would we be? And and that's what it is. And so, you know, and, and to go on my own little rant, you know, about the idea of, quote unquote, democracy writ large and the Polish uh, member of the European Parliament, uh, Ryszard Legipka, makes this great point in his book, The Demon and Democracy, that this blind pursuit of democracy... Uh, um, you know, I'm using that as a broad term for, for mm. what we have in the West. Uh, it's, it's universalist uh, in its, in its um, outlook, and it says this is the only way to do these things, and it's, it's an illiberal form of liberalism is ultimately what it is, if pursued wrongly, which is what, what, the, what um, you know, a lot of people are doing. Um, anyway, to go, back to, uh, to go back to that, yes, and, and the EO is where we started with this, the Biden executive order. Uh, yeah, Macedonia has to pursue its own interests, and it is not in the interests of Macedonia, or as the media constantly says, the North Macedonians, uh, for the PRESPA agreement to continue. It has to be overturned, in my opinion. So, And I think there's ways mm-hmm. of doing that. So, Anyway, we'll set that aside. Um, I see... Um, there actually is, I guess we should talk about it. There is a NATO summit going on, blah, blah, blah. I love this headline in the Washington Post. The Washington Post, disagreements flare among NATO allies despite relief at Biden's arrival. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't all about Trump now, was it? So, And most yeah. of these disagreements are on uh, China and Afghanistan. Um, but I also noticed that uh, Zayev is meeting with uh, uh, Bulgarian President uh, Radev uh, at the mm. summit. To talk about what? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, (laughs) You know, know, all they do is talk, talk, which was an 80s song, I believe, um, Mm. about lifting the Bulgarian veto. Of course, again, Bulgaria's got an interim government right now. They have elections on July 11. Uh, We'll see if the outcome is any different from the elections back in early April. Um, They are, they currently have, you know, a, a veto of Macedonia moving forward in its secession talks with the European Union. Albania, of course, is tied to that. Uh, Slovenia takes the uh, rotating presidency of the, uh, is it the European Commission, I guess? Or I always, I always get mixed up. It's such a Byzantine. Uh, the European Byzantine Council, I think. Council, okay, yeah. <laughs> if we're being pedantic. You, you got so many presidencies in the EU. Uh, they take yeah. that on July 1. That's in, you know, 15, 16 days from now. So he's going to, Zayev's going to talk to Radev, but... Nothing's going to change. Um, I saw that yeah. the the um, the uh, committee of historians, Macedonian Bulgarian historians, had their last meeting for uh, the year or or uh, they, for they, before the council, I guess. Uh, before the council, okay, yeah, I mean, they, obviously before the council. The yeah, next meeting in October. Yeah, they didn't come to an agreement on anything, and I and actually the Macedonian team members, at least one of them, said that they were insulted, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it was uh, openly bad. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, um, I mean, you can see in the executive order there was not mention of the Bulgarian treaty. True. <laughs> so uh, even Good. though it's what, also what are you saying we should count treaty. our blessings? <laughs> well, no. Actually, my my response was that it's not a done deal yet. That right. It still needs to be a firm treaty. Still needs to be negotiated, obviously, because this one is much milder in its executive force than the Prespa Treaty, if not in its scope. It's broader in its scope, obviously, but it's, uh, it doesn't have the same uh, 
thief as the presbytery in its execution. So this is what the Bulgarians are protesting. They say, listen, you gave everything to the Greeks. They got constitutional change, name change, blah, blah, blah. We got just a commission in which, which you can easily filibuster. And that's why they're angry. So the U.S. had the, what now? They had a statement from the State Department spokesman. They had a Blinken call Radev. This was all in the direction of getting Bulgaria to end its veto of Macedonia and open the, allow us to open the EU accession talks. Zaev went to Paris. He met with uh, Macron. He did some French and uh, got did some uh, French. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he did. <laughs> Mersou is the new term we got from out of this. Uh, and uh, there is, uh, he got Macron to agree that, you know, to support Macedonia in opening new accession talks. Obviously, it was Macron who kneecapped Zaev in 2019 when, when Bulgaria was still not blocking Macedonia in full. So Macron took the role, uh, blocked us, and then after 20, the next year, after in 2020, it was uh, uh, Bulgaria's turn. Uh, Zaev went to Spain, he got the Spaniards. There is like a popular young socialist leader there. To support us, uh, he went to I don't know uh, Brussels a couple of times. He got like uh, people who can go on the record against the Bulgarians to say that they support us. So yeah, he has an international uh, like uh, offensive against the Bulgarians, but it's still unclear whether there is anybody in Bulgaria able to sign on to this change to lift the veto. On the other hand, we have. This becoming again a political issue. They're, they have elections, and Borisov is now out. He's accusing Radev of uh, who is his opponent. Mm -hmm. Radev is a socialist. Borisov is like a populist conservative or something. And he said uh, Radev is doing this all wrong. This negotiation with the Macedonians and the end result of this of what he is doing, because Radev is the president, but he also now appointed this caretaker government. And Borisov said the end result will be that our two nations will begin to hate each other for decades to come, which is what we've been warning about in this podcast for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And it's largely the result of Borisov's actions, who, you know, got Zaev to sign this treaty and uh, then use the treaty as excuse to begin blocking Macedonia and making demands from Macedonia. So now he's a, Borisov, who did all this, he's now accusing Radev of mishandling the issue in these few months that Radev has to control the government practically and to run the process and does not have any legitimacy to do anything about it in reality. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what uh, if something can be done in this short time. It, it's going to be June 21st, 22nd, I think, is the council. Then Bulgarians vote on July, what's it, 11th? July 11th. Yeah. And uh, I doubt that anything can be done in this period, but uh, we'll see. There's a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, it's... The amount of deadlines and meetings <laughs> and summits and more meetings and talkathons and... I mean, that's all that Europe does. You know, no wonder mm. it's falling apart. All you do is yeah. talk, talk. Um, maybe that's the title for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of, oh, no, nothing's going to happen. So that's that. 
that's the way it's going to be. Maybe some delayed decision, uh, like uh, we approve this, but in a few months, if I don't know something happens to it, yeah, you know, move the needle in some direction after the elections in Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> What else? We got any scandals? Uh, they kind of subsided for a while. I mean, there's all kinds of scandals going on with Zayev and his brother and the family and everybody else, but they, they kind of bubble up and then they die down uh, from time to time. Yeah, there is a, a new passport uh, drop today. Uh, we got news that uh, the uh, a major Albanian mobster who was doing all sorts of like bank heists and was killed in one of them in 2019 got a Macedonian passport in 2018, even more evidence that, mm. you know, this passports for criminals uh, system was for politically, pro politically linked people who would destabilize Vucic, a lot mm. of Serbian mobsters, who would destabilize Erdogan, like this picker guy, but also like just criminals, people working for, you know, just for profit criminals mm. without a political background. So that dropped uh, today, I think. There's I mean, a lot. There is a, a lot going on. If the U.S. would seriously like to, you know, effectuate this executive order, they will have dozens of cases for for this from the Zayev regime. Yeah, I, I have to I have to tell you, you know you, I don't know if how many of our listeners understand Pecker. It's an unfortunate. Well, yeah. It's an unfortunate yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> because of because of what it means in in the Urban Dictionary. Mm. <laughs> um. All right. Well, well, we'll 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 keep following that. Well, and welcome back to episode 116 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. I can't believe it. 116. You know, uh, before I uh, introduce our farmers pick here, Svetin, I, I have to say I was looking at some other podcasts by, um, shall we say, friends on the left that deal with mm -hmm. Balkans uh, recently, and I won't name them because I don't want to give them any credit. But um, I noticed that uh, that they They've all fallen by the wayside. A lot of them have fallen by the wayside, and they started off with the best of intentions, I'm sure, but uh, they just haven't stuck with it. Whereas our little podcast here, we just keep going, you know? Sometimes we, we, we miss a week, but that's due to travel and things like that. But 116, that's, um, you know, if we do 45 a year, that's, uh, we're going on three years now. That's incredible. <laughs> Good on us. Yay, us. <laughs> Okay, it's time for our our uh, uh, Macedonian content farmers farmers pick, uh, and in tying in with uh, the way we started this discussion about the uh, fo the football team, um, one of the uh, guys I follow on the Twitters posted this, and then I went and found found the actual commercial. It is from ESPN, the Entertainment Sports and Political Network. Uh, <laughs> it's ESPN Marketing is the um, is uh, and it's a thirty second commercial. And it says uh, UEFA Euro 2020 is here. And it starts off with, um, I believe it's, I want to say Christian Bale. It's not Christian Bale. It's um, the England. Um, Gareth, uh, Gareth? Gareth Bale, From yes. uh, Wales. Wales, sorry. Yeah. Oops, that's, uh, that's a major, that's a major <laughs> offense on my part. Sorry. Um, anyway, it starts with him. But at, at the 24-second at the mark, uh, it's fantastic because it shows just briefly a scene uh, of uh, from the pitch of I don't know which teams, but in the background you've got 
both flags. You've got the, the official flag of Macedonia and the Star of Kutlish flag, and you can see mm-hmm. a banner right behind them, and you can just make out it says, We are Macedonia. And I thought that was fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we'll put a link to that, uh, that uh, ESPN commercial. Uh, and that is our farmer's pick for this week. Yeah, I hope we'll have plenty of those in the coming days in the, for at least three episodes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the, as you mentioned earlier, the fans were in the stands in Bucharest and, and will be again on uh, Thursday. And, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, there will be some nice shots of the various uh, 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 media outlets yeah. covering, covering the games uh, that, uh, that show that. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, and who knows? Maybe we qualify in the in the knockouts. You know, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, yeah. we'll keep following that. Good luck to yeah. uh, to Team Macedonia this week. Sure, sure. <laughs>